Hello, everyone. This is Tommy. Thank you for joining us at World of War Comics. We have another amazing interview today. This time we're speaking to Tim Seeley, 20-plus year veteran in the comic book industry. He has written for Marvel, which he still writes for, DC, which he still writes for at times, um, Image Comics, Dark Horse. He's kind of done it all. Um, you might know him from his newest venture, which is called Local Man. Um, if you haven't picked that up, they just did the second printing of issue one and issue two because it's sold out. You got to pick it up. It's a great story. I think you're going to like it. Without further ado, here is Mr. Tim Seeley. Well, hello, everyone. We want to welcome Tim Seeley. Tim, thanks for joining us today. It's great to have you, man. Hey, thanks for having me. My pleasure. Yeah, yeah. Big fan. Um, <laughs> I, you've been writing for a long time, obviously, uh, um from an art standpoint for a long time i i can't believe every time i go on a wednesday there's almost like another book out that uh, you're the writer of man it's incredible how much you're pumping out i don't know how you do it man i mean i, mean, I part of it is uh the, how weird comics is timed is that some of the stuff that's coming out i wrote like you know last yeah. summer and oh, okay. that's coming out is like i wrote like four weeks ago so yeah. it's, it's such a weird system sometimes but yeah you don't get to kind of control it i hope i'm not like over you know exposing myself or whatever but uh but i'm you know i'm proud of all the stuff that that's coming out so hopefully for sure now you got some real bangers that have been coming out man a uh, local man obviously i think one of your newer projects has been amazing so but I, i'd like to kind of just go way back i'm sure most people know who you are um you've been in the industry for quite a while and you've uh, had quite an impact in a lot of different areas but you know, maybe you could just go back. How did you get started in comics? Um, well, so, I mean, going way back, I, as a kid, I yeah. lived in the country. and We didn't have, uh, you know, much to do. We were like, you know, no neighbor kids and stuff. So my brothers and I kind of just needed stuff to do. My parents <laughs> figured out that if they popped us some comics, we would shut up. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I'm probably from like five on. I always wanted to do comics. I never really thought about doing anything else. But I didn't really, yeah, I didn't have a good sense of like, you know, what writing meant and st I didn't, you know, or we, that, that there was always several sort of separate jobs. So I just kind of always made comics just holistically. Yeah. Uh, and then um, I got a degree in uh, uh, illustration from the University of Wisconsin-Eau Claire. And yeah. I went to work at a children's book company, but I was like always working on comics on the side. So I kind of was doing like, I would do kids illustrations at night uh, and then I, or, or during the day. And then at night I was working on like uh, adult comics for Avatar Press. Yeah, uh, I was kind of working my way up, and then um, I uh, I had met a guy, uh, Josh Blaylock, at a convention, uh -huh. uh, convention line at one point, and we were talking about '80s stuff, and uh, we ended up becoming friends. And he somehow finagled the rights to GI Joe from Hasbro, uh -huh. uh, and he was just like a small, you know, it's just a company of like a few people. Yeah, uh, and uh, so he started this publishing operation, publishing GI Joe through Image Comic. And I had interned at Marvel's in college. Uh, I worked in the Spider-Man office. Mm. So I had a pretty good sense of like how to schedule things and, and, you know, do that kind of, I mean, more than probably, you know, most people at age 22 or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and then I ended up, uh, so I moved down to Chicago to work at Devil's Due first as sort of like an editor. And then that ended up being a drawing gig. And then that ended up being, uh, I wrote Hack Slash and that kind of, Set yeah. me up as a as someone who writes and draws, uh, and you know, I've kind of switched back and forth over the course of a career. Uh, you know, yeah, 
for years I was an artist primarily. And then lately I've been primarily a writer. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like the last few years, mainly writing, right? Yep. Pretty much. Yeah. I, I still do covers. I'm drawing the backups and local man. And so I'm getting a chance to do some of that again, but that's cool. Yeah. Do you have a preference one over the other or is the same passion for both? Um, I mean, it's easier. Well, it depends. I yeah. guess it, you can do more writing than you can drawing. Drawing just takes a lot more time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, you know, sometimes uh, writing just sort of drains my brain and I, I have to like just go do something because drawing is, is sort of more technical, really. It's yeah. not, it is creative, but it's not creative in the way writing is. You know, there's more sometimes you're just filling up blacks or doing a perspective and, and it's very technical and you can kind of zone out. So, um, I mean, I, I think in general, if I could get away with it, I would do both on the same book, but it's rare that I get to do that. Local Man is like one of the first times I've gotten to do that. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. I was watching another interview of you. I think it was just this last week. And uh, He-Man has uh, played a, a huge impact on your life, it seems like. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it was actually the first comic I ever got was, you know, the comics that came with the Master of the Universe figure. Yeah. Which, that was sort of before I, you know, got Spider-Man and everything. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah. So it's I was, it was such a big part of us being kids, and we played sure. with it together. And the cartoon came out. And I was yeah. like that perfect age. So, yep. uh, so you know, flash forward, you know, forty years, and, and now I work uh, on writing Master of the Universe, which is pretty crazy. Yeah, isn't that awesome? <laughs> what a full circle kind of experience, right? Something that you enjoyed as a child, and now here you are. I think uh, issue three just dropped this week, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, Masterverse. Yep. Just yeah, yeah, Masterverse. Yeah, I got them right here. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I really like that book, and I'm you know got to work with some legendary cartoonists and uh, like literally sort of play with their toys because Mattel had sent me you know different character designs for the new Masterverse toy line. Like here's Viking sort of He Man, and here's yeah. Battle. And so I was able to do these sort of different versions, like with the toys, which is pretty cool. That is awesome, man. What a great experience. I think, uh, you know, growing up you had He-Man and then you had G.I. Joe. And I think they were around the same time. And I, I had a couple He-Man toys, but I was mainly a G.I. Joe guy. So that that's kind of the direction I went in. But I had a best friend who was He-Man everything, right? So he had the gray skull and he had all the characters. Yeah. And man, it just brings back a lot of memories when I was reading these uh um, this last uh, couple weeks and uh, man, what a, what a fun read. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. And you know, uh, we had the same thing in my house. We had the two tribes, the yeah. human tribe, and then my little brother was a GI Joe guy. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, then we always had the bicker about which was better. <laughs> well, they're completely different. They're very much opposite, right? But uh, man, we we loved them both. So we we had a good time growing up. And yeah, ah, I wouldn't change I anything, man. Those are good times. Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, I got to work on G.I. Joe eventually, too. Yeah. Uh, it was fun. But for me, the G.I. Joe was, I was like, the, I like the crazy stuff, the, yeah. the sci-fi weird stuff and the ninjas and all that sort of stuff. And I think, you know, the prevailing fandom is sort of more into the military stuff. So, yeah, yeah. you know, when I do it, I'd rather draw the stuff that's like He-Man, which is like Cobra Law and whatever crazy. Right. <laughs> that's awesome, man. Well, then you did a lot with DC, um, which was pretty fun. Um, I love Green Lantern. You had a pretty good run with Green Lantern, especially with uh, Jessica Cruz and Simon Baz, which was pretty awesome. In fact, uh, I was on Reddit and there's a there's a couple Green Lantern uh, groups there. Um, they have quite a bit of people. And I brought your name up. Um, because I knew we were going to do this interview and I just, Hey, what, what is one of the best Tim Seeley runs with the green lantern? 
and by far it was Ghost of the Past. Oh, I don't know if you okay. remember that yeah. one, huh? <laughs> yeah, I, I really, that, you know, that was an interesting gig because we were trying to do like an Evil Dead, like horror. Yeah, yeah. In, in Green Lantern. So, uh, but yeah, I, I I loved writing that book. I I'm, I didn't grow up with like Green Lantern or, or Flash. Like I wasn't, that wasn't, mm -hmm. my DC characters when I grew up was Batman and Superman. Um, sure. It's in, you know, so, but Green Lantern was uh, not something I was, you know, immensely familiar with but when they asked me about it they they mentioned jessica and i was like why well, she has anxiety and yeah i have to write that because I, I i have a general anxiety disorder thing so i felt like i could bring something to it with my uh, personal experience so well it comes through i mean I, she's definitely one of my favorite i mean you got hal and you got john obviously but uh, i love jessica cruz and uh to your point right she she has a unique story um, and I think it really came through in the writing. So yeah, no, it was pretty fun. And then obviously you were with Grayson and Nightwing for a very long time and you've really developed that character, uh, quite a bit. Yeah. Which, uh, was a fun sort of process on that one was that we, I started out with Grayson, so he wasn't Nightwing. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. And then co-wrote that with Tom King. And then when they went back to the rebirth thing, I, I did uh, Nightwing for 30, some 34, 30. <laughs> Some issues, a like lot three, of three or four years of it, right? Yeah, but I, but it was double shipping when I was doing it. So, oh uh, wow, I was writing two issues of Nightwing a month when I was on it. Uh, oh wow, <laughs> yeah, that was a ton of work. And I, yeah. I can't believe I got through it, but uh, yeah, you did it, man. You did it. Now, when you're going into a character like a Green Lantern, whether it's Jessica Cruz or anything like that, how much time do you have to spend in research, right? Because especially with like DC and Marvel, right? Canon is so important because yeah. all this history and obviously you want to take it in a different direction. So you could keep bringing interesting stories, but how much research goes into a character um, like that when you start to take over? I mean, a lot. Uh, yeah. yeah. The goal, if I can, I try to work on stuff that I don't need to do a ton of research for. So like, sure. You know, I didn't have to, well, that's the cool thing about master of the universe. It's already in there. I, I already yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. You could probably write that one in your sleep, right? Yeah. But you know, we're green lantern or, um, I mean, I, I was very familiar with with uh, Nightwing, but um, but not, I mean, I still had to go back through. And I think I read, you know, every time I get a new gig, I usually spend like a week or two mm -hmm. just reading. Uh, so, you know, I when I did Green Lantern, I, I bought I must have bought, I don't know, five hundred dollars worth of trades. Yeah. And, issues and stuff. And I just sat and read everything uh, I could find. You know, DC sent sent me a link to read some more stuff. So it's just like weeks of reading usually. And I, I try yeah. to take notes about big arcs, like, you know, what is a, a, de a defining characteristic of this character that, you know, we can continue. Um, yeah. It's a, it's, you know, and that's when like writing a team book or something, you're like, Oh, I gotta, I gotta do all of these. <laughs> uh, but, Keep me away from justice society or justice league. It's going to be yeah. one, one character. Totally. Right. <laughs> I mean, but I, um, I do do a thing that's really helpful lately. When I figured out is I can go to like uh uh, flea markets and stuff and i'll just find as many of the dollar comics of whatever yeah. i'm gonna write so yeah <laughs> uh, that's, really, that's really helpful too i just when i was started um local man i want to get back in sort of 90s vibe and so yeah uh, i i bought like 130 dollars worth of one dollar image comics <laughs> so, <laughs> just sit down and read that's <laughs> <laughs> uh, kind of fun though yeah it's not i mean it's not a big punishment really uh yeah yeah I, I like comics, but it does you know it makes it not a hobby. It's a jobby now to for sure. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, it could be worse for sure. Yeah. 
Yeah. How much of a collector of comics are you now that you've been writing for so long or do you not collect anymore and your focus is really just writing? Like, do you go back and you, there's still like things that you want to collect for your, your personal collection or? I was never a collector, honestly. Oh, okay. I, I was a reader. I, yep. I'm not much of, uh, you know, I, I used to, I didn't even bag and board books. Like I, yeah. I just had boxes yeah. of, you know, free range comics up until I was like, up until two years ago, really. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but I was always a reader. I have tons of trades. I have a pretty curated uh, collection of, you know, my favorite trade collections and stuff. Um, and I, you know, I, I definitely, I like, I love to go back as you shopping. Like I said, like I go to a flea market or I go to a yeah. comic book store and I go to the dollar bins. Like I, I'm rarely sort of a guy looking for key collector issues or something. I, I'm not really, mm. I've just never been that guy, but yeah. I did finally bag and board all of my books. Well, I didn't do it. I hired a, one of my students to do it. Uh -huh. uh, and so, <laughs> so at least my stuff is taken care of now. Uh, it's, yeah. it's, but you know, not, when I went back through stuff, I, I have stuff that I'm like, holy shit, that's the first appearance of, yeah. you know, and that's the first appearance of all this stuff. It's like I, you know, Taskmaster and all this shit. Yeah. I have yeah, um, yeah. But, you know, for a while they were just sitting in a basement in you know unbagged, sitting in boxes <laughs> and piles. And stuff. Someone's gonna freak out if they ever see your collection, man. They're like, oh my god, put these in bags. Well, I mean, that, that was that's kind of what happened. Is that my friends would come over and they'd be like, "What the fuck are you doing?" You know, so <laughs> yeah, I would. I finally two years ago when we moved, or four years ago, I moved into a, a house, uh, uh -huh. and it has a, a little workshop in the basement. We turned that into the comic room, so. Uh, but yeah, I had my assistant, uh, Sarah, go through and that was her education in comics is she spent <laughs> five days on the floor of the basement banging and putting stuff in order. Uh, that's awesome, man. <laughs> well, that, that's a, a quick kind of baptism by fire in the comic books if you have to do something like that. Yeah, she learned a lot, <laughs> she said, and she found out very quickly which ones appealed to her because she would grab them and yeah, you know, yeah. take stuff home if she wanted to read it. <laughs> come back every morning with like a half of short box with stuff she had read it, it, you know <laughs> someday awesome. she tell that weird story about the, the week she spent in my basement <laughs> yeah yeah and then you got into blood sport i mean how long did you write that one and you wrote it right when the movie was coming out if i'm not mistaken correct uh wait, wait, a bloodshot, bloodshot i mean bloodshot yeah yeah that was well exactly it was um <clears throat> You know, they were the movie was coming out the Vin Diesel film, and they wanted to make the comic book a little bit more aligned with the vibe of the film, which yeah, was more of an action movie. Um, it was like, you know, it wasn't super dark and gritty, a little, but like it wasn't uh, you know as serious as the book had been. So, so they had me do it, and of course, uh, the movie came out the weekend of the lockdown. So, <laughs> you know, it was such a it was such a problem. It's like screwed up everything, and oh no. Up release of the book and kind of hurt hurt the valiant company pretty big and uh, yeah. so you know, uh it was a fun book I, I i really liked working on it because like i kind of treated it like a you know like 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 if it was frankenstein's monster was in fast and the furious it's kind yeah of yeah. <laughs> yeah it's a fun book though man i love that character and you know it's funny is uh i read an article about a month ago and they are starting to think about a second movie Oh really? Yeah, yeah. I'll have to send you the link. Because there, oh. there was big plans. You know, Bloodshot would have been um, a way to do also um, Harbinger and some other stuff that they were working on. Yeah. But yeah, it just <laughs> it, it was it was you know when I was working on the book, it was 
when the movie came out and there was that lockdown, it was the, the first book I got a pencils down order on. You know, so everything was so okay. screwed up uh, that I, I was between like issues. I don't remember what it was, but like six and nine, I think there was like four months or something because it was oh, just wow. you know, everything was nobody knew what was going to happen. And if yeah. you know, it was going to mean no more comic shops and shit. So, <laughs> yeah, it was a. <laughs> it was a rough ride, honestly. Yeah. Did I did I bring up a bad uh, subject? Oh, no, no. <laughs> it's, just, it's just weird, you know. Yeah. Oh man. Well, then you know, there's another book that you wrote more recently, and it's Lucky. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I. It was gave, a fun read. I, I enjoyed I, it. Yeah. It's just, so. Uh, I had done a project for fun called Super Beast. Uh huh. We did a little mini comics, and we did it through. Um, like uh, a thrill, what was it? A thrill? I can't remember the thing. It was Mark Wade's uh, platform. Uh-huh. So just, like it was just like a throwback to like eighties kids sort of superhero stuff. Yeah. Uh, the the uh, one character in there is Lucky. She was in the original story, which takes place uh, a few years ago. She's a teenager, and yep. then uh, uh, I had kind of had a rough plan of doing something with it, but I never, I just never kind of got around to it. But this dude Troy, uh, he. Uh, Zangar, Zangar, he emailed me and said he had, he had this idea and he wanted to do something with Lucky. I was like, oh, that's perfect. And so I, I just wrote him a plot, like a brief plot, and then he just did his own thing with it, which is awesome. Yeah, um, yeah. I just gave him the rights to it. Like, just go ahead and do it, you know, have a good yeah. time, put out some fun books. You know, I I didn't, it wasn't meant to sort of be like a mass, you know. Yeah. I want to try working with Keen Spot and stuff. It was fun. It was a cool little, uh, cool project to do it was yeah yeah no it was a lot of fun well let's get to today i mean i this week captain america unforgiven dropped what i wanted to know tim i mean you you're doing dc sometimes you're doing marvel you're doing these independents like uh do most writers and artists have that kind of freedom to kind of jump around or some under contract how does that work because you you're kind of like I could find you on all, like in my comic book store, right? You have a DC section, a Marvel section, an indie, and Tim Seeley is in each one of those. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's all freelance. So um, yeah, you know, I did go through a period where I had exclusive contract at DC, which meant I couldn't work at Marvel or anything, but I could still do Image books. Um, oh, okay. Uh, you know, the the that was during the Rebirth era, and that was when we were doing two books a month, and uh, and so that when that contract ran out, because I I did those issues pretty quickly by doing two books a month. Uh, yeah, I just go back to being a freelancer. Um, you know, I actually, I'm not, I don't love being a freelancer. I don't love hopping around a bunch of different companies, but, um, you know, I gotta, I gotta pay bills and I've got uh, sure. insurance and I gotta, you know, buy yeah. my child. So I'm, I'm kind of mercenary. So, you know, I know a lot of people at Marvel and DC, a lot of great editors there. Um, so, you know, I, when I'm sort of in need of some work to do, I, throw out an email and then see what's kind of going on. And sometimes they'll be like, Oh, we actually have a thing that you might be good for. So then I do some pitches. Um, you know, and there's plenty of stuff that I didn't get that nobody will ever know about. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know, yeah. I pitched for it and it didn't work out. Um, but uh, you know, I kind of, like you said, the timing has worked out so that lately it looks like I'm everywhere. Uh, so. <laughs> no, I think you're, you're kind of firing in all cylinders, man. You're, you're pumping out a lot of really good stuff. So that's why I was just kind of curious how that worked as a, a writer. Um, so I, I would have thought freelancing is the better of the two, but I understand what you're saying from, I mean, uh, it's, it's not, I mean, it works because, you know, if there's plenty of work and I, 
you know, I know a lot of people and I've been doing this a long time. So it's not yep. like I have to send, you know, samples very often because mostly people know who I am and what I do. So, yeah, yeah. But it's still, it's crazy how much, you know, how much work it is to get work. Yeah, <laughs> really. yeah. That's sort of the hardest part, I guess. You yeah. know, I spend probably a day every month just hustling. Yeah, yeah. The hustle never ends, huh? Right. Yep. That's yeah, yeah. Job is the hustle, really. Yeah, yeah. Well, then we get to local, man, um, which is blowing up. I mean, I don't know anybody who has read this that isn't enjoying it. Um, it's it's incredible, man. I, I don't know if you want to kind of dive in a little bit of how you came up with this story. It looks like you've uh, written it with uh, Tom Fleeks. Is that how you pronounce Tony, his name? Tony Fleeks, yeah. Tony Fleeks, yeah, yeah. So yeah. how did, where did this story come from? Is it something that you two have been sitting on for a long time, or is this a, a fairly new story that you came up with? Um, it's kind of a combination of all those things. Uh, okay. So when I was a kid, I had uh, drawn this comic book, uh, which starred a character named Crossjack. And, uh-huh. uh, and so I had that name kind of kicking around, and I, I always liked the name, and uh, I kind of thought I would do something else with it. But um, I was kind of just sketching around one day, and I redrew him. And I kept the nineties thing. I just, I didn't, yeah. I just kind of kept my original design and I really, I ended up really liking it. I thought it was just kind of striking. And uh, sometimes when you're, you know, 12 or 13, you pull some shit off. That you think you can do so. Yeah. I mean, this is yeah, very nineties awesome. right here, man. I, I love it. Right. You have the, the front cover and the back cover, but it, it's, it's incredible, man. It gives me some really cool old school nineties image vibes, man. Yeah, and, and so uh, that was kind of what I ended up thinking about it is, and I yeah. so I had an idea of doing. I had the title "Local Man." I had this rough idea of it, basically my pitch for myself was if Shaft from Youngblood had to move back to Wisconsin. It kind of was the pitch I had in my head. Yeah, uh, and that sort of had this idea kind of kicking around, but I didn't really know exactly what it was going to be. Uh, and then I went out. I was in a, a at a Long Beach Comic Con in California. Um, and it was this was a uh, January 2020, so it was like just before everything went to shit. But I was <laughs> I was out to eat with a bunch of friends, and Tony was there, and he and I know each other. But we, we mostly uh, one of the things that we'd always shared was that we love a very specific kind of 90s comic, which mm. most people called not good comics. Uh, <laughs> but we always liked the passion and energy for some of these books, uh, and we were so we're talking about those, and we're like, you know, it's too bad you couldn't get the art of like these 90s comics with like the story of like a 90s vertigo book because yeah. <laughs> the story in a vertigo books were always oh. so incredible and yeah and in the image books and then we kind of got we're like well shit we should make that yeah so make <laughs> like 90s you know 90s vertigo with 90s image art uh and so we started kicking sketches back and forth and then shit got locked down and yeah i got my pencils down order from valiant and a couple other places so i had time yeah uh, and so Tony and I would just get on Zoom and talk through uh, this sort of idea. And it it like kind of just it really kind of came together because we were doing it. We're, you know, he was thinking of ideas that I wouldn't think of. And yeah. Uh, and so we kind of made something that had to be both of us. So uh, we I mean, I, I drew the first issue back up in, I think, like June of 2020. So it took almost almost two years before it came out um, yeah but uh that's okay we were able to you know sort of plan everything we uh you know had all kinds of crazy ideas of like hiring 
all these image guys and that that gave us time to do it so uh and it came out uh, in february right yeah yep. february, so. yeah yeah and i'm just stunned that people are enjoying it the way that they are <laughs> we, we knew we would love it but we were kind of you know we weren't sure if the sort of 90s thing would um would turn people off but it, it hasn't and even no. people who don't particularly like that stuff they get it which i think yeah. is the kind of you know, and you don't have to like it because you don't have to it's not the only part of the story it's part of the story so yeah 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 no i think it's very well balanced and to your point i mean my local i live here in hemet near palm springs in california and we have our own little local uh, comic book store and they ran out almost immediately and then when issue two came out because issue one did so well um he ordered a little more and it ran out so it's 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 I think people are digging it, man. I mean, just reading online on Twitter and stuff, it seems like you got a winner here. Yeah, good. I mean, <laughs> you know, that's, um, I, I, feel, I think the thing I've noticed lately is that, you know, the people want sincerity like they, you know, yeah, you can tell Tony, I like this stuff. Like we both love, uh, you know, noir kind of stories. We love yep. crime comics. We like and we love those 90s things. And I think us putting those together made something that you know you can feel our affection for it which yeah you know, people want that kind of sincerity out of their comics i think they don't people don't respond well to something they kind of feel like is a movie pitch or something you know it's, it's kind of you have to like want yeah you, you have to want to make this comic for people to care and we really wanted to make this comic so yeah yeah no it definitely comes across and the way issue two ends with crossjack seems like he's breaking a few rules and uh he might be back a little bit. So I can't wait for issue three. I don't want to give anything away. I think anybody listening to this should go out there and get it. I know the second printing of uh, issue one, I did see it in a comic book store in North San Diego. So they're starting to get uh, another round um, because yes. um, everyone's sold out. So that's exciting. We had to reprint issue two as well, which I think comes oh, out wow. <laughs> uh, next week or this week. Yeah. yeah. So the reprint, we had to reprint issue two and issue one. That's awesome. So, I mean, that's a good feeling, right? To to know that reprints yeah. are taking place. Yeah, it's great. I, I hope people up their orders for three because I really don't want to reprint it. So <laughs> please up your orders if you're a comic book store. Uh, yeah, so. yeah. Well, maybe they learned their lesson on the first two. Uh, yeah, I, I wish they would. <laughs> Not yeah, too much have, optimism with that I one, have, huh? I don't have great faith in that. Uh, <laughs> Well, what else do you have going on uh, that we haven't talked about? Uh, I know we talked about Local Man, Captain America. Um, you you kind of touched on Lucky and where that um, ended up. What else do you have working uh, right now, Tim? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, well, Hexware comes to an end. Oh, I that's believe. right. Yeah, Image. That's my other Image book. Um, yep. I do that with uh, Arancia Studios in Italy. Uh, that's Mirka Andolfo, uh, her studio with uh, uh, some artists that sh she works with. Um, it's a science fiction sort of cyberpunk the fantasy story i yeah. guess uh, yeah. with a uh, robot who buys a soul yeah um, <laughs> and then has to hunt down these uh uh escape souls but then that you realize that's not quite the story uh, so it's kind of a like a dark fantasy cyberpunk thing um inspired by you know kind of manga designs and um, mm. anime that kind of stuff uh and i was hoping to sort of make it for an audience that might be looking for something like that connects like teenagers essentially yeah yeah i, I don't have to work but i really like the book and uh, the artist uh, zulema scotto is really good so she did an awesome job absolutely absolutely 
Um, one of the questions that I like to ask everybody that's on is, what do you think of the current situation in comics? Do you think it's strong right now? Do you think that there is opportunities? Um, what What is your feeling where comics are at right now today? I mean, I definitely have some opinions on the subject. I think, um, uh-huh. I, I think the content is extremely strong. I think, uh, you know, putting out some awesome books. Uh, yep. Most companies, I think, are firing on all cylinders. Um, I don't think the market is strong at the moment. I think there's there's a lot of readers. There's there's yeah. probably as many readers as there's ever been. Um, mm-hmm. You know, maybe maybe going back to even the the fifties. I mean, I'm talking like people who will read comics because yeah. this whole generation of kids who came up on manga who read webtoons. Yeah, the number of hits on webtoons is is astronomical, and people making those comics. Uh, are finding an audience. Uh, yeah, I don't think the direct market is taking advantage of or finding those readers. Yeah, uh, I think unfortunately, yeah, uh-huh. if the main sort of get for the direct market right now is like selling people multiple copies of the same book with variant covers or yeah, enforced scarcity, which I yeah. think is um, the the goal should be to have more books for more readers, not less books for more people spending more money. Uh, so yeah. So I don't think it's particularly uh, in a great shape right now. And I don't know, you know, who's going to figure out how to sort of expand the market beyond what we have. Um, I think too many publishers and too many retailers, honestly, yeah, sort of content um, mm-hmm. with this sort of weak uh, market at, mm-hmm. at the moment. And yeah. I think, you know, part of it is the um, there was a sort of influx of people out of the pandemic that yeah. got back uh, and we didn't hang on to them it's unfortunate yeah. we didn't give them we, we didn't get we didn't make it books easily available you know kids want stuff they can get fast and easy and that's yeah. manga manga yeah. fast and yeah. you know unfortunately a lot of american comics are not they're not easy to get so. yeah 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 i i feel like uh indie comics has the biggest opportunity to make some of those changes that you were mentioning because of the flexibility they have and the unique stories that you could bring, right? Because you don't have, you know, 30, 40, 80 years of canon that you have to kind of hold to. I don't know if you agree with that, but I I like the indie scene because there is that flexibility to tell a unique story. And I feel like those are the areas where hopefully you could tell stories that aren't being told and you could attract some of those younger readers or new readers. I don't know if you feel the same. Oh, or... yeah, I agree. But unfortunately, when uh-huh. retailers cut orders, they don't cut Marvel and DC. They yeah. cut indie books. So, yeah, you know, yeah. That's I think a that, good point. And part of the problem, I think, where the the market for trade paperbacks is very strong. The mm-hmm. the collected edition book market stuff, um, yeah. that's where the readers are. You know, uh, that that's doing very well. Um, but the problem is, is that we're not, we're not, we're in a weird spot where, um, retailers are like very conservative about ordering monthly comics. Yeah, uh, maybe they only order issue one, and then they wait till the trade comes around, and that's where they'll sell. That's where they'll make their money. They'll get the trade. Well, yeah. the problem is if you're a comic creator, funding issues two through five then can be very difficult. I mean, even yeah. man, which sells out, yeah, is going to have a rough spot if we mm-hmm. if retailers don't catch up the orders to the reprints. Yeah, yeah. So you know. <laughs> I, I have utter faith we'll sell a lot of trades. I mean, I know that that's true. Revival sells very well in trades. Hexlash yeah. sells very well in trades. So I know that that's uh, in our future, but the industry hasn't 
connected those two things. We're, we're mm -hmm. letting a lot of books fall through the cracks, just waiting to see what hits. And there's yeah. not a lot of investment in the future, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a great perspective. I uh, always love to hear the the perspective and um, I, I appreciate your honesty on that, Tim. I, I, I do agree with you a hundred percent and yeah, we'll, we'll have to see what happens. Um, we got to gain more readers though. I think manga is doing a really good job and I, I enjoy manga too. I mean, I have to admit there's a lot of really good stuff happening um, with anime specifically. And they, they, they have a system that works very well. Yeah. Which, you know, the books are relatively cheap. They're long. They're, uh, you know, they're, very portable and they have this advertising system which is that there's an animes that that sort of introduce yeah. people to the concept and and so you know the books can catch up to the anime eventually but if you like the first anime you've got let's say maybe an, another year worth of reading the, the comics and yeah. um and we don't have that i mean we don't have any kind of the pipeline doesn't exist the yeah. people don't go see a marvel movie and then go buy a marvel book and that's screwy it's but it's, it doesn't yeah. happen yeah so uh you know the the connection unfortunately whether it's their fault or or or, or i don't know it just yeah. it's, for some reason it's not as well placed as it could be yeah 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 well interesting interesting hopefully uh we could get more readers because i i love walking into a comic book store and being able to pick up a comic book and hold yeah. it in my hand and and like i i have the the dc and the marvel app so i'll go and look and read a lot of you know sure. older stuff but nothing like holding a comic book in your hand, um, at least in my experience. So I do like to purchase them at the comic book store. So, but I'm also 48 years old. So maybe I'm a dinosaur when it comes to that kind of stuff. I'm not sure. I mean, I, I don't think the kids mind reading things in print. They don't seem to mind yeah. at all. It's just yeah. that make it hard to get. They're not yeah. going to get it. I mean, you know, you can go to Barnes Noble and there's a huge manga section and yeah. it's well stocked and it's easy to pick up number one. Yeah, yeah. Go into the comic section at that same Barnes and Noble and try to find an Iron Man book to read. That's that you, you know, yeah. Volume One. What's Volume One of Iron Man? You know? Yeah, <laughs> who knows, right? <laughs> and the books that do seem to work here, there, Walking Dead, for instance, Saga. Yeah. You know, yeah. even Iron Slash, they have a number one. It's easy to find. Yeah, that's what you start with. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think the you know we just don't have, and I don't see like a big push by those companies the big companies to to figure that out it's, it's yeah how they they don't you know they, they haven't put in a lot of effort to it so yeah. hopefully, hopefully places like image and vault um dark horse you know yeah. w um i think they're the ones that are going to be able to like you said be a little more flexible but it's yeah. not going to be in the monthly comics it'll be in the trades yeah 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 no, that's a great point well, Tim, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you coming on and sharing your experience and everything that you're working on. Anything else that you want to leave us with? Um, I think I'm good. I think I yammered on about all my shit. So, yeah, I think, <laughs> I think that's all of it, I, I hope. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, congratulations on a 20-plus a year uh, career in comic books, and congratulations on the success of Local Man. Can't wait for issue three. Um, will this be an ongoing series, or... Yeah. Um, so the way we're going to do it, it, we'll have the first five issues come out and then uh, we'll um, we have a, a sort of well, it'll be announced next month. We're having sort of a, a like okay. an annual or like a, a, like a one shot that comes out sort mm -hmm. of to get new people to be, try it out. And then the trade comes out and then we'll go back to. Uh, nice. So, you know, we just need to hold on to, to monthly readers as much as we can. Yeah. And 
sell a bunch of trades when it when we get our chance. So <laughs> sounds good, man. Well, I appreciate you. Thank you so much uh, for coming on, Tim. It was a pleasure meeting you and a pleasure having you on the show. And uh, hopefully, we'll be able to talk again soon. All right, man. Thanks so much. Yeah, appreciate it.